0: Welcome into America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered investment advisor. America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. We appreciate you joining us today here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Nolan Baker and Scott Kirschner 419-794-3030 is the number. It's 419-794-3030 online at Headquarters.com. My name is Chris Vaughn. On today's show, a legendary college football coach celebrates a milestone birthday this weekend. Is retirement on his horizon? The saying goes, where there's a will, there's a way. But how many people actually have a will? And what exactly are multiple income streams? All that and more. But first, let me check in. Nolan, not with us this week, but uh, Scott Kirshner, glad to be with you. And then Chaz Price, it's been a while. Glad to have you back on the show. How are you guys doing today?
1: Yeah, we're doing well. Well, welcome back, Chaz. Yeah, it's been a while. Glad to be back. Yeah, it's Nolan is actually down at uh, Paradise Island. Um, I know he's mentioned on previous shows how, uh, when he graduated from high school, he went direct uh, right into the service, and he thought that Paradise Island would be a great place to visit, and <laughs> uh, and ended up being stationed in Paradise Island. So uh, he's got some uh, good personal friends and their son is actually graduating from uh, Paradise Island Academy down there. So he went down to surprise them. And um, so Nolan's out and uh, Chaz, you're in.
2: I'm in. Glad to be here. Missed you guys. It's been a while, probably a couple months at least. It's been sure.
0: a while. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Certainly has been a while, but it's like riding a bike. You, you never forget how. So let's just go ahead and dive right in here. After you've spent 30 or 40 years accumulating an nest egg, it understandably takes a pretty big leap of faith to trust somebody to help you manage that money. With that in mind, Morningstar says it is important to ask a lot of questions before hiring a financial advisor. Uh, we have the list here. Let's go over some of these. Are they questions you hear often? And if so, how do you respond to them? Well, you know what, Chris, I
1: am getting close to that age. I'll be turning the big six here uh, shortly after the first of the year. And I know that if I meet with a, um, you know, an attorney or, uh, you know, prior to working here with a financial advisor or anybody for that matter that actually had a service where they charge fees. There are a lot of questions that I get nervous about, Chaz, and and Mm -hmm. I like to go through some of these questions, just kind of maybe ask, you know, exactly how you handle them.
2: Sure. First question would be, what's your actual specialty? Yeah, that's a good question. Our specialty here, my specialty, I've spent the last 13 years of my independent career focusing on clients that are over the age of 50. Primarily, we focus on that demographic because it comes with its own set of challenges Uh, We refer to that age, we call it the uh, retirement red zone, you know, the the five to 10 years before retirement, uh, where, you know, you're starting to look at coming down the mountain, if you will, looking at ways to distribute your assets over time, make sure that you have enough money to get you through to age, you know, 90, whenever it is, compared to another advisor uh, might offer a specialty in accumulation. So where they're trying to grow assets to take you up to retirement.
1: So for example, I come to you and I'm 60. Uh, My son is 19, he's gonna be 20 here next year. You you specialize in 50 and over, but what about my son? You know, he's he's 20 years old, he's got a job, he's making some good money now. Are you able to help him or Mm -hmm. what can you do for him?
2: Yeah, we can definitely help. We have a solution that is for the younger individual that maybe doesn't have accumulated a significant amount of wealth and just wants to get started. As I said, when you are accumulating assets, it's not as important, really, what you are in, in my opinion, okay. because you just you just want to have exposure to the market, trying to be the market, trying to save, trying to accumulate shares, mm-hmm. and just having him in, you know, a basic S and P five hundred fund or index fund, something sure. low cost, uh, which is, by the way, a sensibility that we have, whether you are young, just getting started, or in those you know peak retirement years low cost is absolutely consideration that we want to make but for somebody that's younger i just tell them let's get in the market let's find you something sure. that simple for somebody that's ready to retire we can't take all the bumps and bruises of just right. being the market so what i'm hearing is you've got options
1: for everybody regardless right.
2: of what their needs are yeah
1: so last week i think last friday i had an appointment in a claim this is one of the first times i've actually had someone because uh, i set you up with an appointment
2: by the way they said well is he a fiduciary Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. It's a good question, too. And that actually has been almost every single conversation I have with prospects. Uh, That's usually a question that they bring up. Are you a fiduciary? I think personally, it might just be a function of people becoming more educated about the financial service industry. I'm a certified financial planner, and that's one of the features that we can really hang our hat on is that in no matter what transaction, whether it be insurance or retirement, uh, we are a fiduciary. Fiduciary means that, for one, we understand more of the subtle nuances of okay. the business. We've trained and you know done more research, and we've been certified, if you will, mm-hmm. to act on your behalf, which means we are legally obligated to not only show that our recommendations make sense and that they're suitable— but that we can document how we came to that recommendation and why it puts you in the exact best possible situation. You can so
1: face. I can tell you this. Back when I was obviously much younger, before I started into this industry, I had no idea what a fiduciary was. Mm-hmm. I mean, back then, I didn't have any idea. And when this lady asked me that question, I'm like, oh. Huh she knows a little bit about what she's talking about. So (laughs) that was that was actually kind of taking me back a little bit by that I was I was surprised. So another one that I find uh, is always uncomfortable for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like if I have to meet with an attorney or, uh, you know, a CPA, or even people ask me, you know, when I sit down with them for uh, health insurance, is, okay, how do you charge for your services? Do I have a fee for meeting with you today and I you know people ask me that and as I've said many times on on, um, you know with Medicare I don't charge fees I get compensated by the insurance companies that I place your policy with mm-hmm. what about you so if I send my son to you he's gonna be nervous he's gonna say oh my gosh how much is this gonna cost me is there a fee involved mm-hmm.
2: yeah that comes up often and sometimes when we're having a conversation I'll go through my uh entire presentation my my pitch if you will or spiel and then i'll ask them do you have any questions and they'll say no and then i'll bring that out yeah i'll say of course you know you have a question at least how do we get paid or what's this going to cost right i wish i love this business so much i wish we could do it for free we are not a not profit, though. No, but, you got to put food on the table, right? Yeah, we have to put food on the table. Everybody does. I I just happen to be, you know, financial planner and financial advisor. The way that I structure, and the advisors at America's Retirement Headquarters structure our fees is that first of all, we offer a complimentary Q and A session. Okay. So you could tell your son to relax. I even tell them when they first come in that nothing is for sale today. So sure. then you can actually see the shoulders, you know, come down. It's not an adversarial sort of relationship, you against me. It's just we're. Going I to gotta talk believe today. they're
1: a little more willing to talk and open up a little bit more if they know that
2: they're not going to be charged just to sit here and talk. Correct. To you. Yep. So Q and A session is absolutely free. The goal of that session is to kind of come up with uh, a set of recommendations, or really, Nolan says observations, and I like that word better. Mm-hmm. Observations to put you in a better situation financially. If you agree with those observations, then we'll move on to a second appointment which is more specific detail about the recommendations. You know, okay. what product, what insurance company, if, you know, what sort of stock investments or uh, account types, is it IRA, is it Roth that you think you're going to need. From there, then we move on to an implementation meeting which okay. is three meetings away where we'll actually get your pertinent information, your uh, social birthday, get accounts open, right. funded, And then from there, we'll set a 45-day follow-up because, as you know, being in this business, when the first, you know, accounts get open, you're going to have a phone book of paperwork that probably will come to you. What does all this mean? We'll help you sort it through, get organized, get connected with us on Facebook, uh, on all of our social media. Make sure you're logged in online. You know, we'll take really good care of you. Do you often get people
1: asking you? So, what are actually your credentials? Mm. You know, I see the the framed certificate on your wall. I see, you know, all of this fancy dancy stuff saying, yeah, you went to school and you got licensed for all this stuff. But what
2: is? What are your credentials? Yeah. I mean,
1: is that something you get very often?
2: Um, not often. In our industry, we're required to give somebody our brochure, okay. whether or not they read it or not. I you know, but it has in there what our credentials are. So, personally, uh, MBA from UT undergrad in finance from BGSU and then I have the Certified Financial Planning designation which took about two and a half years to get the thing with the CFP is that it requires that there be experience so you have to have at least two years of experience okay you have to pass a comprehensive examination you have to pass the background check and you're also required to do annual continuing education so we have to keep up on that yeah I have to do that stuff myself Mm -hmm. yeah So the CFP just kind of really brings together a lot of different topics, a lot of uh, different fields of study from financial planning with retirement, insurance, all the way to a state and everywhere in between. So those are the primary credentials. Uh, Got 17 years of experience working in a bank brokerage very compliance oriented that okay. the banking program Well that's got to be important. Of, I mean, yeah we
1: don't want a bernie made off here and you know no, on no, the definitely road. not a run and orange. So <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um so so then you know another question that you might get is how often do we have to meet? Let's say that I I do roll over a 401 ki am leaving a job, I roll over 401k.
2: How often do we really have to mm-hmm. get together? I always say as often as necessary, but at least twice a year. I think it's important to revisit your financial plan on a semi annual basis. One of the requirements, if there is one of the relationship that the client has with us, is that if anything changes fundamentally in their financial situation, it's up to them to let us know. Sure. So, you know, I yeah, had. We a, don't,
1: we're, we're not going to know. I mean, yeah. We
2: have no idea what's
1: changing in your life.
2: Yeah. I had a client that I've met in the last three months, um, actually, the last month, three to four times already, because she's approaching a situation in her job where maybe it's just not working out. I need to look at retiring a little earlier. Uh, She brought her fiance in and now they're starting to do planning. So Mm -hmm. we kind of bulked a lot of that work up front, and that's fine. And so once it's all set up, we may not have to meet again for another six to 12 months. But
1: you do like, like for me, you know, as everybody knows, it's annual um, election period for Medicare Mm -hmm. and I'm doing annual reviews.
2: You probably set up and do an annual review for all of your portfolios yeah. as well, right? At yeah. least, yeah. And usually that okay. comes in October, sure. November. There's a lot to do in October, November. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. tax planning that we can do. And sure. Just, there's estimates on what sort of income you're going to get from some of these mutual funds that distribute uh, earnings at the end of the year. So we can talk about that. But year end and then uh, normally you know, six months before that, somewhere around there, maybe your birthday might be a good time to okay. – really depends on what the client wants and what their needs are.
1: Sure. Chris, did you have anything that, you know, I mean, maybe some of the people that you uh, deal with, I mean, you have any questions that might come up that you've heard of?
0: You know, I think that's pretty much uh, the crux of what a lot of people are interested in. Like we said, this is uh, for Morningstar, the the most important questions to ask a financial advisor. And and Scott, you said it yourself, you know, when when it comes to you and, and eyeing retirement, these are questions that you might find uncomfortable. But as we said at the beginning, you know, you spent 30 to 40 years accumulating this nest egg. You should ask these questions because they're pretty important when it comes to preserving your nest egg. Hopefully, uh, you know, we just ran through a couple of them. So you get a better snapshot of of Chaz, certainly, and and the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. Hopefully that puts you a little more at ease. The next step uh, is to set up a time. Have that complimentary Q&A session, that fact-finding meeting. 419-794-3030 is how you do it. It's 419-794-3030. Guys, CNBC says a trait that most millionaires share is that they have more than one source of income. I know that's important. I've heard you guys talk many times about multiple income streams, but let's let's dive into that a little more. What does that exactly mean? Does that mean that we all need to go out and get a couple of part-time jobs or, or what? You know, that's that's actually a great
1: question. And I met with a client and I actually talked about that. I said, you know, one of the things that the guys here do is they always talk about having different buckets of money. And the guy sets up in his chair, he says, I'm sorry, but I don't have buckets of money sitting <laughs> around. I said, no, 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 that's not, that's not what I mean. You know, Chaz, I've sent in some appointments with you, and, and uh, I've even been in appointments with Nolan, and you know, I hear on the radio, there's commercials all the time saying, uh, you know, you're missing the boat if you don't have a second income stream. Then they go in a little bit of detail about what that means. But, you know, I look at that thinking, okay, I've got my maybe it's my Social Security is my one income stream when I'm retired. Right now I've got a job and I've got that income stream. But what happens if one of those income streams is gone? You know, something happens, you know, look at back in uh, uh, during COVID in 2021, a lot of people lost their jobs and that was their one income stream. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about what you mean by different income streams.
2: Yeah. So different income streams to me would mean, you know, there are really two types of income. You've got active and you've got passive income sources. So active would be kind of wages, salary, you know, your earnings from your job, 1099 earnings. And then you've got passive income and passive income just kind of as the name denotes, you're not actively doing anything to generate it for the most part. So I'm thinking of things like real estate, you know, owning property that generates rental income. I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends are in the real estate business. We own properties as a kid. And that's a very lucrative source of income. Also your investments from the income that you generate from your investments, such as dividends and interest. And that kind of goes back to that first question about how we build portfolios that are designed for retirees or potential retirees. And that, you know, when you're accumulating, um, you want to make sure that your, your performance and your return is based mostly on growth. We want that thing to really grow. And then, but once we get to retirement, we want those shares to start paying income. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to live off some of the dividends and interest. So it really is a, a kind of an expertise to go from a growth-oriented sort of strategy where we're buying maybe some of the technology names, some smaller international, you know, more uh, risky names, essentially, and then slowly transitioning your portfolio to what we refer to as the blue chips. In many cases, the companies that are stalwarts of the economy. They are not curing cancer or coming up with a sure. new operating system or a new cell phone, but they make a really good cheeseburger and they know how to do it and they make a lot of money doing it, stuff like that. So that's kind of a um, you know a, a concept that we look at as transitioning from growth to dividends when you're in need of a secondary income. But to your point, Scott, uh, the pensions those days are gone. Right. Um, Social security for many people is their only source of income so not only creating multiple sources of income that could also be your spouse's mm-hmm. social security and benefits so by coordinating those benefits the spouse the survivor benefit you mentioned you know losing an income what happens when a spouse passes away sure your income is essentially cut in half in many respects but your bills aren't exactly yep, yep. so it's very important that you when you're making these decisions like social security and even pensions i have a couple of clients that are uh, public employees they have a pension they don't get much social security making sure that you have the survivor benefits and then if that's still not enough where you know we we call it the gap you've heard me talk about oh, yeah. the the mm-hmm. income gap where we've got a certain amount of expenses that we're going to need to hit every month it's just the basic expense you know living expenses and then we've got a certain amount of income and then if the the income sources don't cover the expenses that's the gap and how we solve that gap would be with your investments Um, and in some cases when clients are concerned about one the market sure so the fluctuations in the market really scare them and concern them we turn to some other investment strategies that are uh, principally guaranteed and that have guarantees that say okay if the market doesn't perform for whatever reason, you are guaranteed an income for the rest of your life, a secondary source of income. We call them a private pension, essentially, if your company doesn't okay. offer one. And then that money, that income will last for as long as you do. Mm-hmm. In many cases, there's a, a survivor benefit that's built into it. But having multiple sources of income, I agree, keeps that that income gap as right. lean as possible. And if we can have a lean income gap that uh, determines how much money we're going to need for you to retire on we want it to be as least as possible
1: one of the things that uh, i've talked about several times is the you know the health savings accounts i talk about the hsas and how important it is to put money aside for health benefits when you are retired Mm -hmm. and you don't have that employer income coming in your expenses are are still at a certain level but your income is lower an investment bucket of money setting aside for health and uh, those unexpected expenses that you may have that are going to pop up during retirement is very, very important. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, those are things that we
1: do here, and, and that's, that's why it's important to talk to someone yeah. like you or even myself.
2: You know the expense for health care is probably going to be the biggest one that a it's retiree crazy. is going to have. I think it's estimated an average couple, 65 years and over, are going to pay about $250,000 for healthcare. So you're right. Using that HSA is probably one of the most important, powerful savings vehicles that you can actually have. It's tax-free going in, tax-free coming out. So you can't really
0: beat it yeah you know there's no magic formula you need to have 40 percent of your your assets in stocks and you know 20 real estate it's going to vary from person to person what they have what they're working with what they feel comfortable with maybe people don't want to maintain real estate and things like that but finding the right blend for you all starts with developing that plan with professionals like the team at america's retirement headquarters to get started 419-794-3030 obviously there's going to be some some common ground there everyone's going to have social security as a part of that retirement puzzle but the other pieces. It's really up to you and what you you want to do 419-794-3030 or go online to America's it's not just about getting people to retirement or getting people through retirement it's also what happens beyond that and uh, fewer people have wills according to a survey taken by the University of Michigan and actually found the number of 70 year olds having a will has declined about 12 percent over the past three decades even more uh, dramatic uh, drop among those who are at least 50 that is about 27 percent uh, Do you guys have any guess why this is happening or will something that you recommend for clients
1: Boy, absolutely, we recommend them. We actually uh, have put together, and, and we've talked about this before, but we've put together the Ultimate Estate Planning Workbook, and we actually have that available to anybody that needs that. I actually ran into a friend of mine who had a parent that died. His uh, his dad passed away, and he was in charge of taking care of everything. His mother's older as well, and his, uh, you know, we got to talk about it, and he says, you know, I really this is a pain in the rear. Mm -hmm. He says, I I don't know any of the information that that uh, mom and dad had. Um, You know, they don't live in the same state anymore. And he says, boy, you know, coming home and trying to go through everything that they have has been really, really difficult. I says, Hey, I have a solution for you. And I emailed him a copy of our ultimate estate planning workbook. In there, we go through everything you can think of, Uh, like, whoever pays the bills, who do you send the electric bill to? What is the password on the cell phone account? Hmm. If you have to get into that account, and you know, the husband or the wife is the one that takes care of all of that information, and one of them are gone, how do I get into it? Account numbers, phone numbers, who are beneficiaries? uh, What kind of desires do you have for any of your final expenses? All of that is in our ultimate estate planning workbook. I'm not real sure why people would fail to, you know, I don't know. I, I, what,
2: what do you think, Chaz? Why would why would those numbers be declining? Because yeah. you still have a need for that stuff. Could just be a function of people just being misinformed. I, to your point, I really don't know why. But um, I know that, you know, three things really what a will is and, and why it's important is that it's going to document The distribution of your assets and i think that's important there needs to be some order associated with how um your assets are going to be disposed of um if you you know don't have a will the the truth is that the state has one for you yes the government has one for you and it's typically spouse then children parents then brothers and sisters nieces and nephews but like i said there does have to be some order of of how things are going to be distributed. You you don't want everything to go all at once to your mom, you know, the box in the basement and whatnot. You don't want that to go to your mom maybe. So some things definitely need to be written out where you want them to go, but it's not expensive. Not like it's thousands of dollars that it's going to cost you. In many cases, you could go through an online site or something, you know, on the web at a very minimum to get something for 50 to a hundred bucks probably. And it's not a big deal. You know, you should right. definitely fill it out. It's not hard. Take some time. It's definitely necessary. And and just do it.
0: A little bit of time put in to save, you know, a lot of headache and and heartache and, and maybe potentially family strife towards the, the end there. Yes. Uh, I think everyone out there, has either experienced or knows a story where, where that very situation has happened, where the intent of, of the deceased wasn't really put out there, and so it caused a lot of chaos and disruption. There's an easier way to do it. It's not necessarily the, the most pleasant conversation to have, the most pleasant thing to think about, but the saying an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So pick up the phone, give a call, take advantage of this ultimate estate planning guide and workbook, sit down and speak with America's retirement headquarters, 419-794-3030. Again, not just getting to retirement, through retirement, but what do you want to do with your, your legacy beyond that? 419 794 30, 30 So, guys, we are coming up on the end of the show, but but I did tease this at the beginning. So It's my honor to present the national championship trophy to coach Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Oh. One of. You know what? I'm going to say the most successful college football coach. Celebrating his 70th birthday on Halloween, Nick Saban has racked up six national titles in his 16 seasons as Alabama's coach. Oh, he had another one with LSU. Of course... We know that he got a start here in ohio at kent state and yeah. in toledo slightly less successful but you know we still remember uh, but anyway earlier this year rivals.com asked him if he's thinking about retiring anytime soon and here's what he said
2: i don't have a time him. look i love doing what i'm doing i love to be in a position of leadership i love to be able to impact young people in a positive way and help them be more successful in life if i didn't think i was contributing to the program uh, in a positive way then i would consider not doing
0: it so like i said we're coming up at the end of the show but tell us a story about a, a client that could have retired some time ago but they're, they're still going strong
1: so my daughter goes to Kent State, and mm-hmm. I did see the alumni wall, and he's there. Yep. Uh, we're in the Toledo area here, so I did see him back in the days when he was coaching at Toledo. And uh, he was successful there, and he didn't last there long because he moved right on out of there. That's right. Uh, being an Ohio State fan, I wish he would retired 10 years ago. I mean, for <laughs> crying out loud, get him out of there. There's been a lot of
0: Alabama-Ohio State matchups, yeah.
1: <laughs> I know. Uh, so so my daughter um, had the pleasure of playing softball at the University of Alabama this past That's year. Right. And I went to uh, the football stadium. If you ever have the opportunity to go to Tuscaloosa and see the University of Alabama, it's something else. It is absolutely unbelievable, mm-hmm. and that uh, that university makes a lot of money for the state of Alabama. Yeah, Chaz, how about you? Anybody seventy years old? I had a client in here yesterday or earlier this past week that said, "You know what? I'm sixty-seven years old. I'm going to work to seventy uh, because I enjoy my job. I love it." How about you?
2: One example: my dad. You yeah, know, there you go. He's still working. He's 71 still working and I I always joke around I'll say dad why why are you still working when are you gonna start retiring he's like I can't I have a young wife (laughs) there you go
0: (laughs) you know and and here's the thing though is that maybe it is your intent and and not to put a a dour twist on this maybe it is your intent to work the rest of your life or work until the age of 70 but it's still good to go and have a plan put in place just in case in case it's a health situation or there's a a, you know a budget situation or you just wake up one day and you decide you don't want to do it anymore Nick Saban could wake up tomorrow and decide he didn't want to do it he'll probably be okay but, yeah, he will. you know, you want to go and have a plan put in place to know it's like a fire extinguisher. It's better to go and have it and maybe never utilize it, but, mm-hmm. but just have that added peace of mind going forward. So go in and have that contingency plan put in place. Go ahead and get that fire extinguisher in your arsenal. 419-794-3030. Or you can always find them online at AmericasRetirementHeadquarters.com. We appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with us here on America's Retirement Headquarters. Hope you have an excellent week ahead of you. Chaz, glad to be with you again, as always. And Thanks, guys, good. as we wrap up, i want to leave you with the final word.
1: Well, I want to thank you all for listening. Um, I know Halloween is uh, tomorrow, so uh, obviously, uh, trick or treat. Hopefully, it's more treat than trick, Mm -hmm. and uh, enjoy. Thank
0: you. Thank you. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussion should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan. Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.